0: Hey guys, good morning. How are we? Church in the house. Come on. We're going to have a good morning. Hey, let's just real quick. How about that last song? Was that good or what? Uh, love, love. Uh, uh, um, here's some cool things about our church. Caitlin Morris, who sang that last song, is one of our army ranger wives. And it just reminds me of just uh, the wide range of church that we have. Uh, we We have... of our church had never been in church previously. That was a survey we had a couple years ago. 30% of our church is is military and then just a hodgepodge all beyond that. So, hey, let's just do this real quick. I think we already did this, but I like to do it twice. Let's say thanks to all our first-time guests today and anyone watching online. Just good to have you guys. Yeah. I'm Jeff, and I'm one of our, our pastors on staff, and we are... Brand new this morning, kicking off a series called Running with the Giants. Running with the Giants. Probably stole the idea title from a book that maybe you've heard of many years ago. A leadership guru named John Maxwell has written all kind of cool books. He wrote a book called Le- uh, Running with the Giants. But I want to show you this morning uh, where we are really stealing this idea from, a passage that will sort of be the theme for us for the next several weeks. And then we're going to pull out of... Uh, the Bible, each week a different character, essentially from someone that if we could like call them out of heaven somehow, if we could do that, like get somebody who, who's already gone before us, one of the old greats of the Bible, if we could get them down here, some kind of like Star Trek, be me down, Scotty on our stage type thing, uh, we'd pull some of these different guys and we'd ask them some questions, right? We'd want to know like, how'd you do it? Like, how'd you make it through life? How'd you... You know, this thing you did in the Bible or this story, you know. So what we want to do in this series is pull some guys' stories out and run a lap with these guys. What would it be like if we could jog a lap with some of these greats of the Bible, the greats of the faith? Let me show you this passage and show you you this morning where we're going, and then I'll tell you who we picked out this week. All right, so Hebrews chapter 12, running with the giants. This is where we get this verse essentially from. In Hebrews, it gives us this passage and really all of Hebrews is sort of recounting some of the great, great, amazing stories and great, amazing pillars of our Christian faith. So in Hebrews 12, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great, great cloud of witnesses, essentially just saying, man, there are some people that have, that have walked on this planet that God used their stories and put in his word that if we could get them to come back, man, we could learn so much from them. We could, we could, get, we could glean so much from their story, from their, their history, from their past, the good things, the bad things that they've done. And we're surrounded by these great cloud of witnesses. And basically, I, I think what this passage is and what they would be doing is they'd be encouraging us to do what? Well, to throw off anything and everything that hinders us, the sin, the stuff, the mess that so easily entangles us, and I think they would encourage us. they encourage us to run this race with perseverance, the race marked out for us. So this morning, we're going to look at a guy in the Bible whose name is Joseph. Now, Joseph is uh, the youngest of 12 brothers. His dad is Jacob. Jacob's dad is Isaac, and Isaac's dad was Abraham. So if you're new to Bible study, you just gave you a bit of a history lesson. you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And we're going to talk about Joseph today. And he is the youngest of all his brothers. And what you're going to find out is nobody likes him. I don't know if this goes on in your family, but he's got, he's got, he's got 11 brothers and they hate him. Now you may think you hate your brother. You may hate your little sister, but I promise you, you love them in comparison to his family. All right. His family was so dysfunctional that I mean, they they wished the worst possible things on him, and actually did some of these things to him. But I mean, let's give you a little background. So there was there was some dysfunction in the family, probably because a little bit of Joseph. He told some stories and passed on some things that he he thought God had said to him, and. Told that to his brothers, and they just were like, "You're a nut. We don't like you. Thanks for telling that story. Now we're going to punch you in the face." You know, essentially like that. And his dad, his dad liked him a lot, like so much so show so much so that he played uh, favorites with his youngest son, the baby of the family, and gave him all kind of other cool gifts and got him a really cool sports car. It was it was a Porsche, I'm sure. Um, and I mean, but really dad just, dad just loved this guy up and down and everybody else watching is like, what about us? Right? And so scripture says that they despised, they despised Joseph. So Joseph's got this thing going on where he hears God give him this dream. He explains this dream to his brothers and his brothers just want to kill him. So. Um before we go too deep into this, I want to, you've got some notes today, all right? And um, before we even jo- j- jump into these notes, let me do this. Let me just pause for a second and let me pray. Um, initially, this was not the character I was going to do, but probably a week and a half ago, I changed who I was going to start with for today thinking that this is what God would have me share today. So I want to share this today. And I want to pray for us because I feel like today some of us are here for a specific purpose for this passage. Just saying, that's on my heart. That's kind of my gut today. So would you would, would you pause with me just a second and just ask God to be with us? God, as we, we pause for just a second, God, we, we ask and invite you here to guide us, to lead us, take our thoughts, take our minds, uh, help us to, to go to a whole new place with you, God. So would you unravel uh, sort of the mystery of this passage today? Maybe some folks here this morning, the mystery of like the Bible and the God thing and the church thing. Just open our hearts to you, some, some truths about you, some realities about you. And God, I pray that we would walk away from here encouraged with hope and strength from you. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so right out of the gate today, if you've got your handout. I want to tell you this. This is where we're heading today. Right out of your notes, I've got this in there, and this is one of the very... no. You know what? This is not in your notes. This is not in your notes, all right? But you pull out your notes anyways. But the, here's where I want to go this morning. Don't give up on your dreams, all right? That right? We're going to learn this from, from Joseph today. I really want to focus in on just don't give up. That's really what we're talking about today. So some of you just went like, oh, my gosh. No, I know why God brought me here today. Because some of you walked in today and you are on the edge, as I'm on the edge of this stage, you're on the edge of like something. You're on the edge of quitting. You're on the edge of giving up on something. You're on the edge of saying no. You're on the edge of like walking a different direction. You're on the edge of just completely giving up. And in the new year, I felt like God just laid this on my heart, that in the new year, even though it's new, some of you are right now ready to quit on something in your life, and I don't know what that is particularly for you. But Joseph was a guy that, man, if anybody could have quit, it would have been him. And maybe there were some emotions in his head, some things going on in his heart that we could read into a lot of places where he was hurt. But man, this guy went through a mess. So right in the beginning of this morning, I want to challenge us to think about could it be that God has you here this morning so you would not give up on wherever God's wanting you to go today. So here's what I want to do. I want you to uh, look up Genesis. This is the easiest book in the Bible to find. It's the very first book in the Bible. So if you have one, it's a very, like, boom. Pass all the glossary, all the cool stuff. Right there, Genesis. We're going to look at chapter chapter 37, got a smartphone, a device, uh, um, easy way to look it up there as well, and uh, we'll have it up on our our screens, Um, but let me just say this, some of you would say this morning uh, that you, this message may not be for you, right, you're not going through a hard time, could you give me something like a little more encouraging today, something more positive, well I'm positive you're going to need this message someday, all right, So whether you walked in this morning and you are giving God one last chance today, um, or whether you are like, hey, I'm pretty good right now, uh, take some notes today. I believe God's going to speak to us all. So Genesis chapter 37, uh, verse 5, we'll start right there. It says, Joseph had a dream. So here we go. Joseph's got a dream. God kind of just like, whoop, drops down, says some amazing things gives Joseph some clarity, some purpose, some direction. And it says, and when he told it to his brothers, now I think this is a mistake one, right? I I don't know. Just a thought. Maybe, maybe ponder on it for a few minutes. Maybe after you hear this, maybe you'll think, yeah, you shouldn't have said that to your brothers, because they just want to punch you in the face now. But Joseph had a had a dream and he tells it to his brothers and it says they hate him all the more. So he said to them, uh, and See what you can pull out of this just yourself. Listen to the dream I had. And so he begins to tell them. He said, we were binding sheaves of grain, like we, meaning my brothers and I, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. How do you like my dream, boys? Right? I mean, that's like, they're probably going, what did you say to us, punk? Right? Did you just tell us that like, somehow we were going to be subservient to you? You're the baby brother. Daddy may like you, but you're never going to be in charge of us. And so he, he probably made a huge grave error passing on this story of whatever he thinks God said to him to his brothers, because all they want to do now is just wreck him. A little while later, um, verse 19 I think it is it says they're out elsewhere and they see him coming and they go here comes that dreamer they said to each other and they began thinking of how they can mess him up they say come now let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him like say to who like say to dad because he's daddy's boy And oh, by the way, he's wearing that new special, you know, coat that dad just bought him that no one else got but him. Joseph got this really sweet coat of many colors and they they devised a plan of how they were going to end him, get rid of him, and totally fabricate and lie to dad so they could get out of trouble. So they were going to throw him in a pit or kill him, throw him throw him in a pit and say that a ferocious animal devoured him then we'll see what comes of this guy's dreams so here's the thing here's a guy joseph who actually heard from god now everybody in this room's like man i want to hear from god right i mean maybe maybe those of us in different periods of our life feel like man i've heard something from god or god gave me some some hope or gave me some clarity or maybe god just came out and just kind of really led me to do something or you know, gave me a a direction of some sort. And I I feel like I really heard God clearly several years ago that said, come to Columbus and help get start this church, right? We knew that. I mean, I remember writing it in Scripture and feeling like, man, God is kind of guiding us to do this, right? So here's a guy that actually heard from God. And from that moment on, it seems, this is crazy, from that moment on, after, after hearing from God, from that moment on, things look like they go completely wrong for Joseph. So as soon as he steps up the plate, to the plate, and is like, okay, God, I'm your guy, and I'm gonna start activating and, and, and saying what you've said to me and trying to act on that, man, things go terribly wrong for this guy. So here's what I wanna do today. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk through more parts of this passage, but as we do that, I wanna just go ahead and give you four different unique places and things out of his life that I think will help us to not give up on our dreams. So, in your notes, now this will actually be in your notes. Jot these down. I think you can fill in the blanks on this. First thing is this: don't give up on your dreams. Number one, even if you didn't start off well, because I think that's a case. That's a case for a lot of us. You get started off in life, or you become a new follower of a, of Christ. You. You bowed the knee at some place in your life, and you said, God, I want you to be the leader and forgiver of my life, and you start on your, your Christian journey, and you're tracking with God, and all along the way, you you make a mistake, you, you start to blow it, and then all of a sudden, you start being reminded, like the enemy's kind of like reminding you, reminding you of your track record or your resume. How many of you guys have ever done a resume before? How many of you guys have worked on a resume recently? It's It's funny, because the older you get, the more track record you have. It might be good on a resume, or it might be really, really bad. You might look at your resume and go, huh, not a lot there. (laughs) Right? You may look at your resume and say, yeah, there's a lot there, but it's pathetic. I heard this story one time about a guy who went into, he went into a, a pet shop, and he's walking around, he's searching for dog food, but he's enjoying looking at all the, all the animals and all the puppies, and he's looking at the, the, you know, All the different stuff. And here's a parrot like squawking. (coughs) Parrot squawking. And he's walking near that parrot. And that parrot goes, hey man, come here. He's like, dude, parrot just called me. And so he walks over to the parrot. And he's like, come here, come here, come here. Let me tell you something. His eyes get big and he leans into that parrot. And the parrot goes, you're the ugliest joker I ever saw. And he's like, that parrot just told me I'm the And so he, he was like, I ought to just wring this parrot's neck. He's looking around, and that parrot's like, "That's right, you the ugliest guy I ever saw." And he's like, "Man, I've never been to the pet store before. This or something just called me out." So on his way out, he's buying a dog food. He grabs the owner. He's like, "I don't know if you know this, but you got a parrot out back there that's just telling people." He told me, "I'm the ugliest guy I ever saw." And the guy's like, "Sir, I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. I'm so sorry." The parrot just has a mind of his own, and he just likes to says say things. He, I'm sure he wasn't talking to you. The guy leaves. He comes back a month later. Right? He's shopping for dog food again. And the parrot's like, yo, mister, come over here. And the guy's like, are you kidding me? So he walks up he's like, what? And the parrot goes, you know what? <laughs> I know. You, I, I think it's funny no matter what you guys think, okay? So, so here's the thing. I think that's exactly, exactly what our enemy does to us. I think he looks at us. And knows exactly what to say. And he doesn't have to say a whole lot sometimes. He can just say, you, that's, you know what? You know what? He's a master of bringing up everything from your past. And when God says, hey, i got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a direction for you. I've got a clarity for you. I, I, whatever it is, I'm for you. I love you. The enemy says just the opposite. And he will tap you on the shoulder and he'll say exactly just that. You know what? And he will do nothing short of trying to stop you where God's wanting to lead you. So, even if you don't start off well, don't give up on your dreams. I think oftentimes uh, we define ourselves and our potential, our, our potential moving forward by our past mistakes. Don't we? I do. I'll look at my past mistakes and I'll say, Here's the reason why I can't do that, because look at that. And again, that is what our enemy does. Paul, uh, one of the authors in the New Testament, uh, terrible resume. If you want to look at resumes, this guy's got a terrible resume, terrible track records. In First Timothy, Paul writes this. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength. And I want to ask, well, how did he give you strength, Paul? I love this. Paul says, he considered me faithful. Like, I don't know if Paul was faithful. But we know that Jesus considered him faithful. See, I I love that knowing how our Savior thinks about us. I know how our Savior wants to believe the best in us. Our Savior is saying, hey, you got what it takes. Hang on to me. Walk with me. Stay close with me. Forget the enemy. He's going to lie to you. He's going to tell you all the worst things about yourself. Yes, I know you're not perfect. God knows this about us, but he considers us faithful. He, he, he wants us to continue walking with him. And I think Paul's even thinking, he, he considered me faithful and he saw something in me. Check it out. He considered me faithful and he appointed me into his service. Like that's a big deal, knowing where Paul's come from. he's a, Like Christy, a minute ago, he, she said something about qualifying the unqualified This is qualifying the unqualified right here. Jesus or God is right now like essentially saying, hey, this dude has no place, but yet he has every bit all place. Because his track record, actually I can leverage everything he's done in his past for somebody else's forever. You Tracking? See, God wants to use our stuff, our our flaws, our scars somebody else's forever and that's exactly what Paul's realizing here he appointed me into a service even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man and he goes on and on and on he says that and, I, and I'm, what I'm realizing in, in this passage is that's who we all were before Jesus showed up that's exactly who all of us were before Jesus showed up and gave his life on the cross with us in mind every one of us were in His mind. Scripture says, while He put us in His mother's womb, He knew us. He already knew us. And when He was on the cross, He died for every person on the planet, every person that would ever come, and the sins, past, present, and future. He had us in mind when He gave His life on the cross. And He considered Paul faithful and invited him in to the service. So, even if you get started... And things don't go well, don't quit. Second thing is this. Don't give up on your dreams, even if those closest to you don't support you. Now that's when it gets, that's when it gets precar- precarious, doesn't it? That's when it gets complicated. When you think God led you and you think you're doing a good thing and you think you're doing the right thing and the people who you thought would go with you, The people who you thought would have your back, the people you thought would like lock arms, charge the hill with you are the ones who are in least support of you. Hey, it's it's not just us. Let me show you this. Let me show you how Jesus was treated even by his own family. Mark 6 records this. Isn't this the carpenter? Like we're talking about the son of God here. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense with him. I mean, this is his family who were taking offense with Jesus. Jesus is on a mission. He's going to not only save the sins of the world, but love people, serve people, sacrifice, model like a lifestyle that's full of love and grace and forgiveness, even for those mocking him, even his own family. And Jesus said to them, only in His hometown, among His relatives, and in His own house is a prophet without honor. See, I think some of you today, you're probably exhausted because you felt what it feels like to be rejected. You feel like what it feels like to be betrayed. Anybody ever been betrayed before? Have your heart broke by someone you thought was with you and then you realize, oh, not only are they not with me, they're against me. They're not for me. They're not with me. They're against me. Man, there's nothing worse than being rejected. And I think this story of Joseph, when the first time I heard it was probably when I was a kid. When I was in church, when I was young, my parents took me to church a lot. I probably didn't really grasp the magnitude of this. I'm thinking like little nice storybook. Open it up, and nice little cute things pop out, and it's Joseph with a coat of many colors, and he rides this cool little I don't know buggy thing into another country, and they feed him things. No, 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 this is slavery. This, this, this is like this is this is complete rejection. This is massive betrayal. This is he's being sold in the trade slavery. This is human trafficking. Just imagine. Human trafficking and slavery back then. How terrible that could have been. Here Joseph, his own blood, his brothers, the guys he grew up with, they do this to him. So here's the thing. Don't quit. Don't give up. Even if those closest to you don't support you. And that's what we're seeing from Joseph. God said something and now whether he's going or wanting to go or not he's got to make a choice. And am I I going to walk this thing with God? And Am I going to stay close to him or am I just going to say forget it all and I'm going to quit this whole process of following God? Here's the third thing. Don't give up on your dreams even if your journey is full of surprises. Um, I want to show you something. Um, Joseph has probably two times as many give up moments as he has go on moments in his life. So um, in my notes today, I just wrote out like, I'm just going to read this to you. Is that cool? I'm going to read to you um, several little, st- like, like 10 statements. And some of these are like statements that you can recognize that like, man, this is, th- this is bad news for the poor guy. And some of these are good news. And then I'm, I'm going I'm to go back through these. I'm going to ask you some questions based off these. Not, not like a quiz, but kind of like a fun repeat response, non-quiz quiz. Okay? All right, so here we go. Um, so here's some highlights or lowlights of Joseph's, Joseph's life. All right, so we already talked about him being misunderstood by his family. Right? Misunderstood by his family. Sold into slavery. slavery uh, sold to a guy named Potiphar. Um, he was forced to live in a strange country far from home. It's bad. Not good. Um he was, this is, this is good, given favor in the house of this guy named Potiphar. All right? God was with Joseph, allowed some good things to happen. He was given favor and rose up in rank in this guy's Potiphar's house. Um, but then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Now, Potiphar's wife had it for Joseph. He, she thought he was like cute or attractive or had something for the new boy in the house and she went after him relationally. You know what I'm saying? Relationally. She liked him. And so she's going after him relationally and he's saying no, he's saying no until one time she goes up and she's trying to take the clothes off the guy. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't dishonor Potiphar. I can't dishonor God. And he bolts and leaves like his clothes in her hands, so he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, thrown in the prison, put in charge of all the prisoners in prison. Good stuff. Um, while in prison, he, he had these moments where he interpreted interpreted a couple different dreams at different times. So one instance, uh, he had become friends with a few people in there who were like out on the outside. They had some some uh, leadership, rank maybe. And so one of the guys, as he's getting ready ready to leave, he said, Joseph, when I get out, I'll make sure I'll get you out of here. So in this instance, what I've written down, forgotten by the chief cupbearer, remained in prison two years longer than what he was supposed to. And then the last one, he finally became second in command in Egypt. Now, quick exercise. I'm going to read back through this list with no explanation this time. And I want you to tell me, is this a give up or a go on? Like give up on it or keep going? Don't quit. All right, you good? Give up or go on? Misunderstood by his family, give up or go on? Oh, that's terrible. Y'all got to help me out. This has got to work better, okay? Come on, y'all track with me now. Misunderstood by his family, give up or go on? No, that's no, give up. All right? We'll get better at this. I mean, I promise. This is you. You can get this. I'm sure you can. Sold into slavery by Potiphar. Is that a give up or go on? Keep going. It's a give up. Forced, forced to live in a strange company far from home. Give up or go on? Give up. Yeah. I mean, it's like, pff, right? Gonna give up. You guys are getting it. I know you're getting it. Okay. Given favor, given in favor in Potiphar's house. Give up or go on? Yeah. I mean, you'd be thinking. If that happened, yeah, God, you're with me. Right? You love me. We can keep going. Right? We can go on. But then he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Give up or go on. Give up. Thrown in the prison. Give up or go on. Give up. Made a lot of give ups. Put in charge of all the prisoners. Good. How about forgotten by the chief cupbearer? Give up. How about remain in prison two years longer? You guys get the picture. Here's what's crazy. Most of his Entire story in the Bible. If you, were, if you were him, if I were him, it'd be like game over. Quit. Why am I... Why? God, where are you? See, here's the, here's the problem we all have. I have this. This plagues me. When things are going really, really, really good in my life, somehow I equate God loves me more. Conversely, when things are going really, really, really bad... Or even not so good, somehow I think God's forgotten me. God loves me less. Isn't that kind of human tendency sometimes? When things are going good, God loves me, he's applauding for me. When things are going bad, I feel like God's forgotten me, he doesn't love me any longer. That's not the truth. That is a lie from the enemy. Here's, here's, here's what scripture says. Romans 8 28 says this. And we know that, and I love this, I just Think this is the the first three, three words are what we have to we have to say and remind ourselves. And we know, and we know, and we know that in all things God works for those good, for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We have to know that. We have to know it now, so when we get into difficult times, we don't all of a sudden bail ship, we don't want to jump off a bridge, we don't want to hang it all up because circumstances are bad. No. When circumstances are bad is when we need to know that in all things God works for good. we got to know that. we got to be reminded of that. The fourth thing is this, and this is the last major point I'll give you today. fourth thing is this. Don't give up on your dreams, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Some of you guys have been after it for a while, and you've been in a bad spot for a while. And you're like, God, hook a brother up. I mean, throw me a bone. Give me some sort of like something that would help me know that you're still with me, right? Have you ever felt like that? God, where you at? I mean, it is such a mess right now. I mean, you just fill in the blanks. Whatever it is, right? Marital stuff, parenting stuff, your student, things are just like, man, this stuff's getting out of control. I mean, whatever it is, it could be so much that you're like, I just never realized it could go on this long. Physically, mentally, spiritually. And here's the thing. He's been in prison now two extra years. Two more years longer than he thought he would be there. He thought he'd be out. But the guy who said, hey, buddy, we're friends. I got your back. Didn't do jack. So he's got to be thinking, God, you're not with me. But here's the truth. I love this in Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2.3 in the Living Bible says this. These things I plan won't happen right away. And This is a good reminder. I don't like these next three words. I don't like them at all. I hate these next three words. I wish they just pull them out of the dictionary, but they're in the Bible. Slowly, steadily, surely. I like fast, now, and done. But slowly, steadily, surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. The purpose God put in your heart. The person you're with. I mean... Whatever it is that God, you know He said, this person, this place, this thing, this job, this relationship, this mindset, these kids, whatever it is that God's in, surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely come to pass. Just be, what's that word? Just be patient. Man, that is something we just have the hardest time in our American culture being patient, waiting on God. But do you know in those waiting moments, man, there's so much that can be learned. So much can be learned. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. That's just God saying to us, some of you real specifically today, that God has not forgotten you. It's not one day longer than whatever He's allowing to happen right now. Why? Because God, let me give you this next point. Here's this point. Focus on what happens in you, not to you. That's it. Don't don't let the enemy allow you to focus on what's happening to you. Let's focus on what God's doing in you. Let me show you the verse. James 1, 2, and 3. I hate this verse. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, this one's a hard one. But this is what I have to remind myself of in advance and during. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many times because, here's the word, you what? You know. We got to know this. We know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So easy to get mad and blame somebody else. So easy to point the finger and just blame yourself, blame somebody else. So easy to do that. Joseph, in some of his final moments, he—I uh, mean—things have turned. He got out of jail. Um, he's now decked out. He's like wearing the finest of fine stuff. He's now the number two top guy in all the nation under the king. It, there's a famine in the land, and uh, he predicted it all. He—he he, he understood what God said and communicated it to the king and Now he's like the top dog. His family comes in town because they've got to to get. Some rationing that they're delivering out, and he has words with them. guess, Guess what? He forgives them. He says, This you intended harm to me, but God intended it for good. Now, how in the world did he have the wherewithal, the heart, the love, the forgiveness to do that? You know where that came from? Those difficult times. See, he allowed, he allowed, I don't know how, but he allowed himself, to hear from God, to follow God, to stay with God, to, to try to his best ignore the voice of the enemy. And so in those moments, he was able to focus on what happened in himself and not what happened to himself. That's, that's a good word for us. Last thought is this. Every dream has tough times, but remember God is always, 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 always with you. I want to do this. I'm going to read you this last verse and I don't want you to see it on screens. In fact, don't put it up on screen, guys. I just want to read this to you. Could we do this? Could we just bow our heads and close our eyes? I don't want this to be a verse, a passage right now that you try to enter in your mind. I want this to seep into your heart this morning. Because I feel like some of you, you are at a place where you want to be done. Maybe it's a marriage thing. Maybe it's a... I don't know what it is today. But you came in and you got some stuff happening and I want you to hear this verse in your heart. So let's just, can you just bow and close your eyes and let me say this to you. Read this verse. Psalms one thirty nine eight says this. It's this what God says to us right now in this moment. These are His words to us. If I go up into the heavens, you are there. If I make my Bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. My Savior, Jesus, Lord, as we uh, as we gather together this morning, this incredible group of people, God, we come from all different backgrounds. We have all different colors. We're all different ages. We have all different experiences. We have all different pasts. But God, you are the author and the finisher of our faith. God, you, you, granted, you, granted, you granted Paul. You believed in him. And God, I just know from Scripture, you believe in us. You love us. And you want us to draw so close to you. Asked to surrender our hearts to You. To, to live our lives open-handed and just say, God, I want to give all of my heart and all of myself to You today. I want to quit at times, but Jesus, today I'm reminded that You're with me. You haven't forgotten me. So God, I just want to recommit today that I'm with You no matter what. Lord, I pray for those who would say, I, I, I'm not a believer I've, I've, I've come to church today. I'm here, but man, something's happening. in My heart, and I, I just, I want to, I want to just say yes to God right now. Simply put, Scripture says, "If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord." Bible, this Bible says, "You will be saved." So I just want to pray right now. If anyone is in this room today, would say, "I need a savior today. I need a rescue today. I need someone." who can forgive me of what I've done and I want to be cleansed and I want to be made right with God today, if that's you right now, I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. God, would you right now, where I'm at, God, I confess my need for you, I feel it, it's there, I recognize my my past, I've blown it, but God, I know you love me because of what Jesus did on the cross and I don't grasp all that, but Jesus because of what you did on the cross for me, I want that to count for me. All the sins that you paid for and that you gave your life for, God, I'm asking you to save me today. Forgive me today. And God, I want to make you the leader and forgiver of my life right now. In your name I pray. Amen. God, we we praise you for those we believe that have just uh, stepped into eternity. When you come back, we'll, we'll be a family together forever in heaven. We love you, Lord. Amen. You guys can go ahead and stand up. I'm going to invite our host teams to come forward. We're going to close in a song. There'll be some buckets that come around. That's kind of our way of funding things around here. But let me just say that if you're a guest here today, be our guests. Just be our guests. I don't want a, a time of generosity or a time where believers might worship and say, "God, my stuff's your stuff." And in fact, we say this often. If you're here this morning, and you're at a you're in a financial Really bad, 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 bad place. If that bucket comes around and it has an amount that you need, we invite you to take it. We'll dim the light so that can even happen. God, we, uh, we give all this to you today. We surrender our hearts, we give our stuff, God, so we can make your name famous. So God, so we can, we can leverage our stuff, our stories, our scars, our junk for somebody else's forever. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.